0: In Deuteronomy 8, we read this. Verse 7 says, The Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water. Well, it sounds good this time of year, man. With springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce, and you will lack nothing. I'm about to take off off this room. <laughs> A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. Amen. We're talking about this message that the Lord gave us called, Why is there wilderness in my promised land? And we're going to answer that question. And we are going to kick the living wilderness out of your blessed promised land. We're going to kick it out. Hallelujah. And we started talking about this last week, but, you know, you'd get more excited about the verses that you just read, uh, understandably, if it had different things in there besides pomegranates and wheat. Because I know most of you don't get excited when I say, hey, there's a, there's a place that God has for you, and it's filled with iron, pomegranates, and barley. And you'd say, like, wow. But for them in that day, what this represented and what that whole list of stuff represented was everything they could need and the supply that would be otherwise difficult for them to get. In fact, the finest of stuff. You understand you can, how many know you can live without honey? Yes. Hmm? Yes. You can live without pomegranates. Yes. But honey was the sweetest of the sweet. Pomegranates was the yummiest of the fruits. And the Lord is saying... All of the best of the best is reserved for you, and I'm gonna put it in your backyard, so to speak, so you can access it easily. Amen. Amen. Now, if instead of that list, amen, because you, you and I understand we can go to the grocery store and get all those things, right? But there's other things that you can, you know, make your own list. Uh-huh. Amen. Yeah, right. uh-huh. amen. Oh and so if the Lord said, I'm giving you such and such a place, and it has, and it'd be different for different people. You understand, uh, you know, let's just talk about uh, a physical structure of a house. There's some people that would be so content and so happy with a lovely 1,000 square foot apartment. Not a lot to clean. It might just be just them. Might be ex- if you get them in the right location, that might be just exactly what they want. That might be their promised land. That might be their absolute best. And, and it would make them happy. And, and nobody else should judge that as being wrong. Amen. That's the desires of their heart God put in them. Right. How many know there's places in the world where a thousand square foot apartment costs more than a 10,000 square foot house around here, right? Yeah. But there's other folk that uh, their best and, and what they have in their heart would be the 10,000 square foot house. Yeah. And that, that's a little bigger than most houses. You, you understand that. And uh, yet the, the other person in the apartment shouldn't be judging that individual. Right. Huh? So what's in your verse? <laughs> We're not telling you to change the word of God, but what's your good land? Yes. Hmm? And uh, we defined what the good land. And we, we even saw that really, instead of just saying a good land, God's got a good life for us. A good life in a good land. Amen. I said a good life yes. in a good land. Yes. What is the good life? The good life is the life where everything you have and everything you do has God in it. Yes. Amen. 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 The blessing of the Lord makes rich. And it goes on to say he adds no sorrow to it. When when you struggle in the world system to add things to yourself and get things outside of the blessing of God. And and just try and build your own empire. There is so much sorrow attached to that. Amen. You know, there's people that have bought a vehicle and destroyed their marriage. Huh? Because they couldn't pay for it. There's folk that have bought bought their dream house. Amen. And split the family up. I know. I'm living in one. I'm living in a house that the people bought it, took out so much money to get it fixed up exactly like they like it, and she came in and served him papers the day they were done because they were so broke. She didn't want to live in that. Praise God. Not praise God because of that. Praise God because they left and I got a bargain. Amen. Working on another one right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Well, the Bible says the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. Yes. Amen. 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 So, the good life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, do you believe this? Yeah. Do you believe that there's a place that God has for you and a life that God has for you where you won't lack nothing? You'll be able to do what He says do. Yes. Amen. When a project comes up, Amen. When we come and say, God's, you know, we've outgrown this building. God's told us to get a building. He's shown us a place. This is how much it costs. And the Lord said, the money's here. Yeah. And, and folk are beating each other up, to, try, so to speak, to try and uh, take care of more of it. That's right. Amen. Well, you see, that's, not the way, that's not the way most places are. Nope. Huh? That's right. That's right. No. Come on. Most, most places, they get in a building project. The pastor has to t- turn into a fundraiser and an auctioneer instead of a pastor. Huh? And it's not God's plan for, that, for it to work that way. That's how, that's how places do it. But, it's, you know, who will give five? Who will give ten? Who will do this? Uh, who will make this payment for the next 40 years? Who will do this? <laughs> you know, who will match this uh, thing? That's the way the world does things. But the Lord's talking to us about a place where you'll lack nothing. Amen. I said you'll lack nothing. You won't have scarcity. Amen. Now, I want you to know all kind of folk, when they hear these things, they won't believe it. Yes, they'll believe that it's in the Bible because you can't argue with what's written, can you? You can't say it's not there if it's there. Amen. There are all kinds of folks that say, well, God never promised us such and such. I'm thinking, did they ever read these verses? Because they are in there, are they not? But a lot of people do believe that because of some event or because of some decision or false step that they've made in their lives, that the good life is not something that they can have. Amen. They won't allow themselves to believe that they could have God's best because in their mind they think, well, I've already missed it by doing such and such. Uh, Don't look at me like I'm dumb. Uh, uh, This applies to lots of people. Hallelujah. Even people in the room today. And understand this, it could be true that you may have fallen uh, in in times past. Could be true that you hit the ground hard and you got all broken. And it might be true that all the king's horses... Come on somebody, and all the king's men can't put you back together. But you know God's bigger than all the king's horses. I said God's bigger than all the king's men. Go to God, he's bigger than a divorce. Yes. He's bigger than debt. Yes. He's bigger than disease. Yes. He's bigger than a bad decision. Yes. A bad decision. Right, Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 He can do what no man can do, you understand. He can repair what nobody else can repair. If we'll believe in him and work with him. Now, there are things that God's not bigger than doubt. And when I say he's not big, we understand that he is bigger than it. But that's something that he can't work with. You know what doubt and unbelief is like? It's like uh, anybody ever seen those two? uh, You get the, the little horseshoe magnets and they're red. Right. And if you get them together right, they'll do what? They'll boom. They'll go right together. But if you turn it one to reverse, what will it do? You can't get it together. They're pushing apart on each other, right? The poles are negative. Now you talk about the ability of God. What's too big for him to turn around? Nothing. I mean, just take something in your body. He created it all. And I mean, fixing things in your body, no matter how bad, is not even really a challenge for his ability. Now, I was uh, studying along the lines of healing and faith one day. This has been quite some time ago. But I remember what the Lord ministered to me. And I never have forgotten this. He said, you know, cancer with faith is easier for me to heal than a cold with doubt and unbelief. Or a headache. Well, you, you, you take a, a cold and cancer from the Lord's perspective, which one's, which one's hard? They're, you know they're they're both relatively easy for him from our perspective, which one's worse? Well, the cancer would be if you're talking just about man's ability, amen, right. the headache's a whole lot easier to wipe out right. than the cancer right? right but but you get you get a headache, and on the other end of that headache is a bunch of doubt and unbelief and i just don't I just always get these, and people have sent their words that direction and uh right i'm always going to have these headaches god will sit there with all his power pointed like that magnet but you but you got the thing turned around backwards and it's pushing you away from your answer and pushing you away from your answer right. yeah. but you get somebody with it with something as as uh, bad as a brain tumor and you get on the other end of that thing, faith, saying, look, Jesus himself took my infirmities. He bare my sicknesses and diseases. I'm already healed by his stripes. I will live and not die. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to keep this. Right. Amen. And God is, God is. You ever seen a quarterback when he gets ready to throw the ball sometimes and he's standing back there waiting. And he'll go like, he'll go like this, you know, and, then, you know, to have a grip on it. I guess now they all wear gloves, but you know, back in the olden days, in the 80s and 90s, when I was watching Dan Marino. Do they still do that? Yeah. I remember Dan Marino, oh, yeah. looking for the ball. I mean, God's back there, ha, faith. <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on. Here's my power pointed at it. And there's that faith receiving it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So none of those things are disqualifiers from you having the good life in the good land. Amen. And let me say it this way. There's nobody that God would come to and say, you know what? Your best years are all behind you. (laughs) Glory to God. Because the devil will tell you that. Other people will tell you that. Hmm? Your best days can be the days now and the days just ahead of you. Is Is it a brother Osteen that has that book out called Your Best Life Now? I like that title. I haven't read the book, but I like that title. Right, Joel Osteen? Am I right about that? Can mistakes be costly? Yeah, they could. They can, for sure. But even if it's something that's a stumbling block, God can turn that thing into a stepping stone, take you to the next place with it. You know, if you're out driving and and you're supposed to go from point A to point B, there probably exists what we would call the best way to get there. Right? And and somebody might come and say, hey, I'm going to some place and we're thinking about going this way. And you say, oh, no, no, let me tell you the the best way to go. Right? But you understand it's possible to be headed that direction, make a couple wrong turns. Does that mean you can never get to point B now? No, you made some wrong turns. You're done. You're disqualified. Sorry. You can't ever go. See that'd be ridiculous. And see, now we even have devices and I happen to have one of them. And If you get off course, it'll tell you right away you're getting off course and it'll show you the quickest way to get back on and even talk to you, Uh tell you how to uh, correct your course. Amen. You know what it's called? A what? A GPS. You know you have one of those in you? GPS, God's positioning system. And He, the Spirit of God on the inside of you can look at you and see when you're starting to get off course and he'll, he'll say, <coughs> recalculating. Is that, what, is that what she's... Sorry, her name's Jill uh, on our GPS. The American girl is Jill. Uh, Amy likes the Australian guy named Lee better. She doesn't like a girl talking to me when she's not in the car. But anyhow... recalculating, recalculating. Well, who's that for? That's for the people that have gotten off course. Amen. Your spiritual GPS, who's it for? It's for when you get off course. Recalculating, make this turn right here and we'll get you right back on. And see, God can do that. In the natural, when you couldn't, He still can. The Bible says He'll make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Oh, glory to God. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God yes. Now, how many believes now that the good life is for you? Yes. Say it, if you would. Say, the good life's for me. Good life me. The good life is for me. Life me. Yeah, but what about? No, see, that's your problem. Yes. Every time we make a good point, you, see, you, you come up with the what ifs. You know, the Bible doesn't say, it doesn't say that the just shall live by what if. What's it say? The just shall live by Faith. Huh? The just shall live by what about ha- what about what happened to Uncle Larry? Yeah. <laughs> huh? That's doubt. Kick it out. That's right. We're not supposed to be. Your mind will always want to say, "Well, what if what if, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? The word is still true. If this happens." We'll get to the other side if this happens. We'll act like the word of God is true because it is if this happens. But you don't need to be Mr. and Miss Contingency. (laughs) Well, what if this? Well, what if this? Well, what if this? Go work for an insurance company or something like that. (laughs) You'll be right in your niche. And I understand that's their job, and I'm not against insurance. We have it in all different ways, you know, capacities. So do you. Hallelujah. We don't live by what if. We live by faith. The good life's for me, period. Amen. Period. The good life belongs to me. Now, the good life's not just a pile of stuff, is it? No. Right. There's folk, they think the good life, okay, well, the good life is the nicest car and the nicest house and the season tickets on the 50. Come on, glory to God. And the biggest, bo- you know, you understand you can have all those things and not even know God, Right. Now, I want to address one other thing today in particular, because when it comes to things and stuff, and you understand that the good life in the good land does include stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. It includes things. But, uh, you know, it can be frustrating for somebody that's serving God, and it seems like everybody else around you is in the fast lane, and and you're not out of the gate so to speak, yet. Look like other people. Well, go to, go to Psalm 37. You're taking the scenic route and everyone's on the highway. And you might be asking the question, wait a second, well, I heard about this promised land stuff and all I see is wilderness. Why is there wilderness in my promised land? That's what we're trying to help you see and understand. Glory to God. Is this okay to talk about? Yes, yes. There's a, there's different sides to faith and yes. faith, faith, all, faith has to do with the answer. Doesn't it? Yes. And we preach faith. We preach it hard. And when we're, we're teaching you that you're supposed to believe you have it now that you're supposed to believe I got my answer. We're supposed to focus on the answer. Yes. That is faith. And that is right. But I do just for a second here, want to address and because some folk might think, well, does he not realize that not everybody has the manifestation of the fullness of this? Yeah, I realize it. I've I've been alive too. <laughs> We're walking down the same roads. Um, Psalm. Well, you know what? Go to hold your finger in Psalm thirty-seven, and go to the place where we get our kicks. Psalm sixty-six. <laughs> Right before Proverbs, just before Isaiah. Somebody's saying, is that a song or something? Hallelujah. Psalm 66, verse 12. Now look at this. It says, you let men ride over our heads. Well, isn't that what we're just talking about? Huh? Has anybody ever had it where it looked like everybody was passing you by? Not serving God and being more blessed than you. You let it happen. We went through fire and water. How many ever felt like you were being burned on one side and flooded on the other side? <laughs> neither neither being, being involved in a fire is not fun. Being involved in a flood is not fun. What's the end of the verse, though? But you brought us out through that, but out to a place. I said to a place of abundance. Other translations say you brought us out into a wealthy place. Anybody, anybody ask what your Bible says? What translation you got? Well, they changed it, but what's it say? A place of rich fulfillment. Is that the new King James? Oh yeah, that's, that's what it is. New King James. You, look, you hear that everybody? You brought us to a place of rich fulfillment. Yeah. The King James says you brought us into a wealthy place. I was reading the NIV. It says you brought us into a place of abundance. If if you're at a place where it looks like everyone's riding over your heads, you just know you're in the beginning part of that verse, not the end of it. What's on the other side of people riding over your heads? Now, Psalm 37, if you would, and we'll illustrate this very clearly. Is this okay today, Sister Helen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Psalm 37 says in verse one, do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. Somebody name for me an evil man. Who, who, who do you think of when you think of an evil man? Adolf Hitler. How many are envious of Hitler? Nobody. OK, uh, another evil man. Who do you know that's evil? Don't mention mom and dad, please. That's not just right. No, no. Who, who's evil? Uh, We won't talk about current political leaders. (laughs) Bin Laden. How many are envious of Bin Laden? No, that's not the kind of evil man it's even talking about. What kind of evil man would you be envious of? The ones who do wrong and it looks like it's working real well for them. The ones that do wrong and it looks like there's absolutely no consequences to what they're doing, that they're just being as blessed as can be without even... That even recognizing God yes, like Capone. huh like Capone <laughs> thank you yes. Yes. you know what, what was the movie we saw a little bit of on it was on TV they take cuss words out on TV sometimes yeah. um, Oceans the Oceans 11 was it yeah, we saw. Oceans Oceans 11 how many remember that and you're rooting for the criminals <laughs> come on Because Brad Pitt's one of the criminals, you know, and George, what's his name? Clooney's one of the criminals. Of course, you got Julia Roberts, man, you know. Well, she was kind of whatever. But, right? You're rooting for them to get it done. Do you understand that that's not reality? But are there people, they're not even doing that kind of stuff. They're just, you understand that wicked and evil in the Bible means you just don't know God and you're not serving. You're just in that class, you're in the family of Satan. That makes you wicked even if you're a sweetheart. That's right. yeah. How many know some lost people who are sweethearts? I do. You know, some, there's lost, there's lost people. There's some musicians I play with. I come up and give them a hug and a kiss. The guys. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. On the cheek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're just sweethearts. The sweet people, I love them, you know. But they don't know the Lord. They they could if they'd hush for a second and listen. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So don't fret because of evil, man, and be envious of those who do wrong. How come? For like the grass, they're soon gonna wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. It ain't done yet, y'all. God is merciful to people. He's given them space to repent. He's given them space to to turn to him. Amen. You want him to do that. You don't want anybody to perish, just like God doesn't want anybody to perish. No, what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to trust in the Lord. We're supposed to do good. And we are supposed to dwell where? Everybody say in the land, in the land. In the land. In the land. Oh, you're going to man. By the time we're done with this, you're going to you're going to you're going to be so full of the promised land yeah. that it's going to start manifesting all around you in your life. Amen. And that's how it happens. You get full of it first on the inside. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Hallelujah. Verse four says you're, gonna, you're like this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, man. Delight. Now, didn't say delight yourself in the desires. What are we supposed to do? Delight ourselves in the Lord Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And and we can apply that a couple ways. First of all, he'll give you those things that are desires of your heart. But second of all, he'll put desires that you never had before in you and then give them to you. We said before, talking about being willing. How the, you know, there can be something and and you're looking at it and thinking about it and you say, boy, I would love that. And the Lord says, I don't like that. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to say, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant to say, Lord, was I don't like that either. (laughs) We always conform and respond to him. And there can be something that you'd say, I don't have any interest in that at all. And he says, I want that for you. And then you're supposed to say, what? Yeah, me too. Me too. What's he doing? He's giving you a desire and putting it in your heart. Right. But don't you know he knows what's best for you? And he knows, you know, I'll give you some testimonies as we go through this uh, series of messages. But the one big one for me that I'm thinking of is when I was sitting over at Manja. Everybody know where Manja is here on the corner? This was, a, this was a year ago, May. And I'm sitting there outside and Amy and I were there. And then uh, we had some guests in. Um, they weren't we weren't doing a meeting here at this church. But uh, Pastor Michael Kedick from Fredonia was there. His wife was sitting on that side. And then across from my wife and I was Kevin and Annie Durant. You remember now, you know, all these people and they were in Fredonia. This was last a year ago, May doing a meeting for him. They had come over here to bring Pastor Michael over to here because Orchard Park had just opened up a Harley dealership. And I said, well, if y'all coming over here, you know, because your money's no good in Orchard Park, because this is my town, you know, so let me take y'all to lunch. Uh-huh. And so we did that. And we're sitting there. And guess what they're talking about the whole time? Oh. Motorcycles this. Motorcycles that. And, and what's going by the whole time? And everybody stops talking when the, when the bikes go by. And we're looking. Oh, it's a Honda. Never mind. Go by. <laughs> Sorry, brother. <laughs> so. I'm sitting there at lunch, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm kind of on the outside of this conversation a little bit. I'm thinking to myself, I don't have a bit of interest at all in what they're not, not even, uh, you know, if there was a smidgen, I'd take the smidgen. But uh, because I'm seeing dollar signs with everything they're talking about. You know, because Pastor Michael's about to get, get him one. And so they're looking to pick it up. And they're saying, well, you need this. And, you, and everything they say, I see dollar signs. And I'm thinking, that's fine for them. In fact, it's probably they're acting a little carnal. They're not so spiritual because all they're talking about is motorcycles. And, you know, these great people of God. And I'm sitting there. And, and as, I'm, as I'm formulating my position in my head and saying to myself, not out loud, but saying to myself, Here's my position. I have no interest whatsoever in these things. And the Spirit of God speaks up and says, I want this for you. And I didn't say much for the next little bit. Because I had just formulated where I stand on this whole thing, which is it's kind of silly and stupid and it's not for me. And God said, I want this for you. What's what's your next answer supposed to be? I said something like, yes, sir, just on the inside of my heart. And I didn't say a whole lot else because this was not in my heart. What do I have to do now? I have to get willing, which I know it means I have to get one of these things on the inside of me. And they weren't fitting for quite some time. They were too big. And I was a little upset at the Lord because he did not check my debt load. He did not check my, my credit card balance. He did not check my bank account before he said this. He just said it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I thought, how rude. <laughs> Who does he think I am? And then, uh, then you know, I kind of had to correct myself and say, well, wait a second. God's big. I mean, he can take care of every debt I have. Plus do this for me, yeah. you know, and he's done it before. Yeah. And it took it took a while. But I had, And I had to stick with this because I realized this is a matter of obedience. Yeah. And I didn't understand why at first. I was like, what's the big deal? Why? You know, I have plenty of faith projects. I have plenty of things to try and fit on the inside of me. And a motorcycle just wasn't one of them, you know. And so I'm, I'm going, just going through life here. And, and uh, you know, I did, we did go over to the dealership after lunch. I did sit on one. Sat there and made some noises. And I said, okay. And then Sister Annie, Sister Annie just comes up to me, totally led of the Spirit. She comes up and she says, you know, Joel, we had a lot of debts, too, at the time. And God just dealt with the pastor over in Hawaii to fix his new uh, Heritage Softail Classic up, get it all tuned up, and crate it over and ship it to Birmingham and just bless us with it. Amen. And then she walked away. Oh, oh, praise God. <laughs> I'm like, how did she know what I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> over there? And so now a couple months later, I'm obeying the Lord. And I'm, 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 I'm getting this thing inside me. Now all of a sudden, when I hear a noise, I'm looking down at the street to see what kind of bike is that. And But let me, let me share with you, because I don't know that I ever have. Let me share with you some things he, he dealt with me, because I'm seeking him as just as I go, not anything special. I'm, I'm asking him, what's this all about? What's the big deal? I mean, I know I, I liked dirt bikes when I was a kid, but my parents forbade it. For, forbade it said I couldn't do it, and uh, things like that, but the Lord spoke some things to me, two things in particular. One, one I was driving down Abbott Road, and uh, I, it's funny when I ask church members the names of bars, because they always know them, <laughs> but you shouldn't be in them. So what's that one right across from Pinot's next to Armor Heating? Kettles. Better not ever see you in kettles. See what I said? And so I, I go there, I'm driving by, going some, not going to the bar, but going past it. And I see this this lineup, one, two, three, four, five, all parked in a nice row, gorgeous new motorcycles. And the Spirit of God ministered one thing to me. He said, it grieves me that all the new bikes are at the bars and none of them are at the churches. You know, uh, Brother Copeland, uh, Kenneth Copeland, he's, uh, he, he gets all kinds of grief because of, uh, the fact that he has nice airplanes to fly in. And they're about, the, uh, I think he, he has either one or two of them. They're $10 million each. Everybody say $10 million. If the Lord starts talking to you about airplanes, just say, okay. <laughs> $10 million each. Now, uh, he bought it brand new because the Lord dealt with him too. And he gets so much criticism. The senators are have opened up a... Uh, investigation about him because uh, they, they feel like a nonprofit should never own a new airplane. But the Lord, when, when Brother Copeland took delivery of it, you know what the Lord said to him? He said, this is the only new airplane I have. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, we understand life's not all about airplanes. A man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. We're not talking really about the airplanes. Right. But, but uh, isn't that interesting what the Lord said? This is the only new airplane I have. Well, how many know that's not the only new airplane that's out there? That's right. That's right. That's right. Who has all the other corporate jets right. that are new? The world. Yeah. Penthouse Magazine? Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah you, just, you just go down and you name the list. Yeah. And so they're bugged at him that he has a new one. Amen. And people want to criticize, he's given about 26 or 27 of them away, sowed his seed. But, uh, you know, in people's minds, there should be a point where the word of God stops working for you because you get too big and too increased. Amen. If that's if that's your mentality, you're going to always have wilderness. Amen. I said, if your mentality is that there's got to be some point in which it stops multiplying, there's got to be some point in which you tone it down. You never get the wilderness out of your promised land. Hallelujah. So anyhow, that was the one thing the Lord said to me about the motorcycles. Wasn't that something? When he said that, oh, it just, first of all, it blesses me any time I hear from God. It's blessed me. And I said, okay, because I started toying with buying a little used one. And I said, well, ain't no way. I'm going to get me a new one. I don't know how. I have no clue how, but I'm, I'll have it. And look, it's not a money issue, everybody. you getting this today. It's not a money issue. It's a faith issue. If you can believe what he's told you he wants to do for you, if you can believe it, you can have it. Amen. It's a faith issue. And so the other thing that the Lord said to me uh, about the bike, because I didn't know why. It's like it's not a need for me. And you know what? Part of it was I'd never had much anything that I didn't need. Right, all my faith was be, be, believing God for you know money for the ministry, uh, tools to to help the ministry, and yeah. different things to do to to minister. Yeah. You know, if I need to do an album, okay, go, yeah, got to get this out for the ministry to to get the anointing out, things like that. Right. I, and this was the first thing I, I didn't really need. I didn't need it at all for anything. Right. Yeah. I have a car. Yeah. Yeah. I can get around. Yeah. But the Lord said to me, "I want to make you an example." of my goodness. Yes. Amen. Now, listen to that phrase and get it real good because you're going to hear that a lot in this series of messages. Hallelujah. And I'm not the only one he wants to do it for. Right. Glory to God. Yes. I said glory to God. Yes. Well, when he said that to me, I went and bought my leathers. I mean, I was... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. I am now a motorcyclist, even though... <laughs> I never cared. I never cared. Amen. But if, if it's something that he can add to me that will bring glory to him, yes. knowing that it's going to be used as he directs, yes. knowing that it'll be used as a witness for him, yes. Amen. then I'll Amen. buy the biggest, baddest, shiniest one out there. And I said a couple things. I said, I'll say one thing. I am not paying a lick of interest on this bike. Amen. Preferred to buy it by cash. But I'll tell you, the time came up. And the Lord dealt with me, start getting ready, move, do this. I didn't have any money to do it, hardly. Amen. But I mean, in just a couple, it seemed like a few days, maybe it was a week or two, this past January, all of a sudden, here comes money that wipes out every credit card, wipes out every debt. Jesus. Got enough for a good down payment on this thing. And I go there, and, and you understand, they don't, these aren't things that, that get discounted like clothes. I go there. The guy starts slashing the price, and I said, "I don't want to pay interest." He said, "I'll pay it all." Amen. I said, "He said I'll pay it all." Figured out what it would be for the whole life of the thing, and paid it all. Paid it all. Zero percent. Everybody says zero. Zero. Well, now if I had the cash, I wouldn't give it all to him at once. Come on now, zero percent interest. I'll keep it. I'll make interest. (laughs) I know mean, zero is good. I mean, slash the price on a bike they didn't even have. After he slashed the price, gave me no interest. Then he had to go find it from some buy it from somebody else, and he did. Hallelujah. Glory. How we get talking about all that? The Lord will put the desires of your heart in your heart, and I'll tell you, it's been so enjoyable. I didn't know I'd be having a place in Chautauqua County with these gorgeous roads and these mountains and these hills. And oh, look, there's an enormous lake. Isn't that gorgeous? I didn't know, but he did. Amen. Well, you'd say amen if it was you that he blessed. Can we just read a little more Psalm 37? We'll let you go for today. Is that all right? We doing OK? All right. Now, anything that I'll tell you about in these messages or any other messages that the Lord's done for us, you understand, I'm never trying to flaunt anything. That's right. yes. It's for the purpose of let anything I'd tell you about testimony wise is because God will do the same thing for you. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What are you driving? Didn't think so. Didn't think so. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. God will do it for anybody who will work with them. So, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. Trust in Him. And He'll do this. He'll make your righteousness shine like the dawn. The justice of your cause like the new day sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. When it says patiently, do you understand that there is some time involved? There's a process involved, yes. huh? We're talking about what do you do when it looks like everyone's passing you, huh? And it looks like everyone's driving a Ferrari and you're in a golf cart. Yeah. Yeah. put pop,, pop, pop, We went and uh, with the Lancaster Church played mini golf last night, so forgive me. But they didn't have any carts. <laughs> and I didn't do very good. All right, <laughs> verse seven. Do not fret. When men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes, guys, it may look like they're getting away with it. They're not. Refrain from anger. Turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. See that part where it said refrain from anger. How many could use some improvement there? A couple of our brothers heard me going off after Wednesday night about uh, this lawyer I was angry at. Forgive me. Because I showed, I showed my colors that I didn't want to show. I told them what I, I, I wanted to vent. <laughs> Someone said, sometimes you just got to let it out. You shouldn't have let it in. You messed up by letting that all in. And I did, too. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, verse 9, evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will do what? Inherit inherit what? Inherit what? You'll inherit the land a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they're not going to be found. (laughs) You know, there's people who were such big shots, you can't even find them today. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. Amen. The good life in a good land is for you. Amen. I said it's for you. Yes. It's for you. Yes. Your best days don't have to be behind you. That's right. Even if most of your earth life is behind you. Right. Why can't your best days be your last days? Right. Glory to God. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Well, I got some other things to share with you along these lines. You know, just because God has the good life for you, you understand that doesn't mean you'll automatically enjoy it. He wants you to have it, but you know you have to want it too. Hmm? God's looking for some folk to bless. He's looking for some people that he can make an example of his goodness. Oh, guys, when I come back, uh, when we come back, and hopefully we'll get into it next week, I thought I'd get further. But uh, I want to share with you how this past Thursday night, I drove. I was driving home from Rochester. I was playing a concert there. And uh, they were doing construction on the thruway. And we sat there for quite some time. I had planned to go right down to the lake. But instead, I got tired. And it just seemed right in my heart to go just home here to Orchard Park. The family was all at the lake. I was going to go be with them. So I was there by myself. And as I laid down in bed, I had my Bible with me. And the Lord started teaching me about the promised land and about how this blessing came to be in the earth mm-hmm. and he taught me several things I want to share them with you it just helped thank me help me see the whole picture amen. amen and I so you know when the Holy Spirit gives you a private lesson that's nice that's and awesome. he'll do that for you too yeah. hallelujah amen. and so uh, hopefully we'll get to that next week and, I, and I, I want to show you these things because I want you to I want you to see it get it in you and understand you'll understand how to cooperate with the blessing of God yes. in your life amen. praise amen. God amen. let's pray amen. Father we thank you today for what you've done for us. Thank you for the blessing that you provided for us. Lord, we're, we don't intend to be in error, but we understand that you've done some things that could be uh, considered extreme, uh, extremely good in our lives. And so, Father, we're going to pursue those things. We're going to give you uh, all the desire that you desire uh, towards us as far as blessing us. And we thank you for it, praise you for it. In Jesus' name, you believe that with me? Say amen. amen.